and welcome to Habits for Humans, the podcast that explores what makes people tick and how to program this brain of ours to do what we want it to do because it is programmable. Uh, We're going to explore why we can sometimes and in some areas of our lives achieve extraordinary accomplishments and in other areas and other times uh, we don't get much done and have a hard time getting off the couch. If we want to be healthy and happy, what is the secret to programming our brain to maximize our potential? I'm your host, Kim Flynn. Today, we're going to talk to Alicia Hill, and we're going to talk about how being healthy can actually be harming our health. So she is an intuitive eating uh, expert, and uh, I talked to her briefly uh, before this podcast, and she challenged me to, (laughs) I love this because intuitive eating is a principle that I learned about years ago. Maybe you had the same experience. It was really hot, what, 10, 15 years ago? And I read the book and I was so excited about it and I lost weight and I was like, yay, this is the secret. And then, of course, I fell off the bandwagon and started dieting again and doing everything that intuitive eating tells me not to do. I've stopped dieting completely um, and have been much more happy with my life. But I was talking to Alicia and saying, okay, um, I still have the temptation to diet. I still am like, oh man, if I could just lose 10 pounds and I would suddenly be, you know, something different than I am. And she was so gracious to me. She said, that is completely normal. And I was like, oh, I'm not bad or broken. (laughs) So I'm so excited to get in the nitty gritty with Alicia and talk about how this being healthy can actually be harming our health. I think that's one example. If I'm obsessed about, oh, I'm not allowed to even think about dieting or else I'm a bad person, that can actually be harming my health. Alicia, you've already made a dent in my, a dent in my impact in my, a dent in my universe. I don't know what the <laughs> phrase is. So I know what you mean. Yeah, you know what I mean. We have a giveaway for our listeners at the end. Uh, we actually have a giveaway from Alicia as well as our sponsor, Card Salad. And a quick word from our sponsor, Card Salad. Um, Habits for Humans is brought to you by Card Salad, a health and wellness company that teaches you how to program your brain using systems and habits. Their flagship product is Eat Well. It's a meal planning system, and it trains you in eating habits to last a lifetime. We'll talk more about it at the end. Uh, but if you're interested, go to cardsalad.com. I want to welcome Alicia. Alicia is a certified intuitive eating counselor as well as a yoga and group fitness instructor. She has a bachelor's in social work and she's lived in six states. She currently lives in Utah with her husband and four children. And her superpower, I love this, is being able to tread water indefinitely. <laughs> So if you're ever capsized on a boat, Alicia is your girl. That's that's who you want to have with you. So Alicia, let's get started. Welcome. Uh, we always start with your number one habit to manage your own mental wellness. And uh, talk to us about the practice you do to manage the stress of daily life. Thank you. Thank you. It's so good to be here. Um, honestly, the number one habit I have, and this affects my mental health more than anything, and it's going to sound really silly, but it's I eat food. I eat food, I don't restrict, and I honor my hunger and my cravings, and I move on with my life. Yeah. Awesome. I'm so saddened by, um, if you're ever in a group of women especially, um, we're always talking about what diets we're going to go on, what challenges we're taking, what you know, new extreme uh, (laughs) behavior we're going to do. Talk to us about that and why that is unhealthy. Yeah, that the word you said was saddened by that. I, it saddens me too because I I hear those conversations and I think, goodness gracious, we are not put in this life to 
micromanage our bodies. You know, it's like we're, we're so much bigger than that. We have such a bigger purpose in our life. And so it it can affect your health in so many ways. And I love how you use quotation marks for healthy at the beginning, Kim, because I have to do that when I'm talking about health because health has been hijacked by diet culture. The word health isn't really what it's, a health is a state of well-being. And so we, diet culture has turned health into the size and shape and your appearance and every single bite you put into your mouth. And I think anyone who's been on a diet can know, especially repeatedly, for long periods of time throughout their life, what a life suck. I call diets life sucks. They just suck the life out of you. And that can't but help affect all the other aspects of actual health. Actual health has to be inclusive. You have to include your mental health, your emotional health, your social health. And so what diet culture has done has pinpointed all of our work and all of our efforts into manipulating our body size and making us think that that's what makes us healthy. And like I said, anyone who's been on has a history of dieting knows how badly that affects all the rest of our health. Mm -hmm. um, I love, I've actually never heard this principle before um, that your definition of health includes mental, emotional, and social health. That makes so much sense. We, we are not talking about that in terms of health. Well, a little bit post COVID we're talking about our mm -hmm. mental health, which finally, right. Yes, um, yes. But yes, when you think about, okay, I'm a healthy a whole human, not just a healthy body. I love that principle. How do you um, how do you um, balance the the um, okay? I do you know if I weigh three hundred pounds, I really am not body healthy, right? With okay, let's be happy and love our three hundred pound body. Like how do you how do you balance those two thoughts? So again, because of diet culture, we have equated health with weight, mm -hmm. and they aren't the same thing. You can be healthy at any size. Health is made up of behaviors that we do. And weight is not a behavior. Oh, so yeah, weight is not a behavior. So if you really want to affect your health and make improvements in your health, it's about your behaviors. It has nothing to do with your weight, honestly. And there are so, if, if you're just going to base your health based on your weight and losing weight, 95% of diets fail. Within two to five years, 95% of people will have gained that weight back. And two thirds of those people will have gained even more weight back. And so it's just not a way to really instill lifelong health is just by looking at weight. You have to look at your behaviors. And that is where you will see the changes internally and maybe externally, but really internally is where your authentic health lives. Uh, Alicia, I love that phrase, health is behavior. Um, I know whenever I get sucked into, oh, I just want to lose these 10 pounds. I'm going to go on another diet or something like that. Whenever I get sucked into that thinking, um, that's the piece that pulls me out of it. And you say it so well, health is behavior. I think of, okay, lifestyle. Do I, uh, if I want to be 10 pounds lighter, my lifestyle would reflect that. So it's not about the 10 pounds. It's about what do I want to do to adjust my lifestyle? That health is behavior. I love that. I love that. When, when did you get so passionate? Because obviously you have passion bouncing <laughs> off of you. When did you get so passionate about this topic? What, what was your journey? Oh, geez. You know, starting in high school, like most girls, uh, even more boys now, but uh, just affected by everything around me and disordered eating. I think most people have uh, some disordered eating in their past or their present. Talk, talk to us about that. What do you mean by disordered eating? Give disordered 
eating is basically, you know, well, it can mean a lot of things, but subscribing to rigid rules, um, describing, uh, subscribing to restriction of certain foods. Um, there's a lot of guilt and shame associated. We be it becomes a moral issue, our eating, which it, food was never meant to be a morality issue, but it, there's, there's guilt, there's shame, there's cheat days, right? There's feeling so bad because I ate this. Um, there's ignoring hunger cues. It's, it's all very much based on trying to manipulate your body through food. And so it becomes very, it's a relationship with food that becomes very unhealthy, very chaotic, unbalanced, and it's enmeshed with diet culture and poor body image. So that's disordered eating. And I think everyone can, you know, has some familiarity with everything I just said at some point in their lives, you know, and I, and I just grew up in a culture, even in my home culture where thinner is better. And it didn't even have to have to be said out loud. You just know that living in our society. And so, you know, I'm just that classic person who was always worried about how I looked and uh, trying new eating patterns. And, you know, it's just, it was, it was, it became obsessive and it became compulsive and it became, I was so fixated on how I looked and what I was eating. And so, you know, I did that all through my twenties and most of my thirties. What did that and look like I, for you? What did, what did obsessive and fixated look like for you? I so it looked like, I'm sorry. Um, it looked like constantly worrying about stuff. There was just this preoccupation with what am I, what am I allowed to eat? Mm. What can be, depending on kind of what phase I was going through, right? Like which diet I was kind of subscribing to at the time is what can I eat next? It was like my whole life. It was like a full-time job. It had to be devoted to what I could eat, when I could eat it, what my workout looked like, how many calories was I going to burn? Mm -hmm. And just this constant mental calculation constantly of what I could eat, when I could eat, and constantly stepping on the stick, the scale mm -hmm. to see if there were results. Uh, my mood was affected. If I felt like I was succeeding, then I was happy. If I felt like I had, I hadn't succeeded, I was depressed. And so it just, it controlled my life. Yeah. Is a great way to explain. I, th I think everyone listening can heavily relate. The the piece that I am like, oh, that one wounds me. It's all of these rules. So if you're a human alive in the U.S. today, you've probably been on I don't know 15 different diets, right? And they right. all have different rules. And so if you've been on the protein diet and you've been on a low fat diet, a low carb diet, you're like, oh, I can't have cheese. Oh, yes, cheese right. is good. <laughs> oh no, no, I can't have cheese. Oh, cheese is bad. Okay, bread right. and pretty much nothing is on the table. Like there's right. nothing left that you can eat. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> it causes a lot of stress for sure. It does. It does. It causes a lot of stress. And so when I came across, I came across intuitive eating, actually visiting a friend of mine who was in a residential treatment center for eating disorders. Wow. Yeah. And they were reading it and she showed it to me and it just blew my mind. I, it was a light bulb went off in my head. I just couldn't believe it. No one had ever told me before in my whole entire life that actually you can eat whatever you want. <laughs> you know, like it was so, it sounds so ridiculous when I say it out loud, but it was like someone had finally given me permission to let it go, mm -hmm. to not worry so much about how your body looked because I didn't know that you could do that. Yeah. So here's, here's what I think as women and men, we have to give up. I think we have to give up the notion that we want to or ever will be overly thin, more thin than our body actually is designed to be. Like yeah. that's the piece in all honesty. That's the piece that I'm like, 
oh, but when I get down to honestly over thin, I look so damn good. You know, that kind of thing. And it's, yeah. it's so damn good by society's standards. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to look like a prepubescent 16 year old child instead of a 45 year old woman with four children, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And yeah. so I think for me, that's the piece that I have to give up. I have to give up um, uh, and continue to give up if I eat intuitively, which is healthy for healthy for my whole being, for my mental, my emotional, my social, if I want to be truly healthy, I'm not going to be a size two model. Right. Right. Because then you, yeah. you're just fighting yourself, right? Like that idea to try to manipulate your body to a size that it was never intended to be. It is a constant battle with yeah. your body. And that's not healthy. Like that is, and that's not authentic. That is, that is an actually miserable place to be in is constantly fighting and disliking your body. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have to get to the point where we can truly accept body diversity to realize that health is not based on how you look and that there's going to come bodies in every different size and every different shape. We were ingrained since we were put on this earth by our society to believe that we all have control over our bodies and we all have control to have them be whatever size we want them to be with just, if we just work hard enough, that is just false. It is Mm -hmm. false. And so you talked about programming your brain. It really is about going in there and peeling out those layers that are so housed deep in our psyche mm-hmm. because we that's all we've been taught our whole lives is peeling off those layers and reprogramming it with beliefs that we actually believe in, right? These beliefs that those beliefs that diet culture have given us, we don't believe that, but we didn't know any other way. Yeah, strongly agree. I, I, I um, so I went on a really intense, not just a diet, but it was like uber healthy. There's those trends right now. Well, they've always been there. There's like 12 weeks of super intense exercise, super lean eating. That's instant. There's no like leading up to and building habits. It's just like instantly eat super lean, work out all the time. And it was a 12 week program. And here's the kicker that's hard. And this is, this is how I think it gets you. Um, it works temporarily. It works. You look amazing. You look like you did when you were 16, only with muscles, right? But you can't sustain that for a lifetime unless you actually want to live that lifestyle, which I did not enjoy eating a piece of wheat bread and a piece of um, grilled chicken with no flavoring. I did not enjoy that. That is not sustainable for my lifetime. Right. Um, but we get we, we go on these short term temporary things. We take the, the after pictures within our bikinis and we say, look, this is what I am supposed to look like. Right. Or this is my potential. And then we beat ourselves up for the rest of our lives on what we used to look like for those 12 weeks when we lived a life that we cannot live, you know, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, what drives yeah. me crazy. I wish I did not ever have that experience of, of going through that. Cause I've held myself to that standard ever since. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Where it's like, well, I did it before. Like it's possible mm-hmm. that feeling, yeah. but it's, yeah. but it's not like you said, because it's not sustainable and it's, you can't do that long-term and your body is going to rebel against that kind of restriction eventually. Mm-hmm. Like it just will, it's just physiologically ingrained in us. And there's something, there's so many layers to what you're saying, Kim, that really, that's just really a band-aid statement. It really is. Yes. There is so much going on under that story. There mm-hmm. is so, so much, it's so complex, but it's, it's like a short-term band-aid to go on this 12-week thing mm-hmm. to re- that's really just covering up something that's so much deeper, so much mm-hmm. deeper that lives within all of us is that we, is and these beliefs and these ideals that we do look better 
mm -hmm. emaciated, right? Or we yeah. do look better with muscles, but do we, you know what I mean? There's so much to really unpack there. Mm -hmm. It's okay. It's really quite interesting, but, um, mm -hmm. and there is, I do want to like acknowledge that grief. There really is that grief, that fantasy that we all hold on to hmm. that we can look smaller if we try, right? Or, you know, that kind of high you get when you start a new diet and you see those results. It's like this little, it's like a little high that you get. And you even know if you've done it multiple times that it's not going to last, but mm -hmm. it's still kind of that fantasy you keep going back to. And so when you learn, when you start to decide to reject that and to not do that anymore, there is a sense of loss. Hmm. There's a sense of loss for a body you had when you were 16 or a sense of loss for that after picture that you no longer look like anymore. And so there's yeah. definitely, there definitely is a grieving process in that. And that's very valid. And I just want to like, I just want to make sure I say that, that that's so mm -hmm. valid to grieve something you, you were working for for so hard, or you wanted so badly when you decide to give it up, up the diets. Wow. That is really powerful. Alicia, I'm like, almost like, Oh, I'm going to cry probably. So deep. Sorry. Yeah. 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 I love that. Um, I love the permission to grieve giving up the fantasy. Um, I do think that runs so deep for me, for you, for every, honestly, everyone in the society. I think the biggest shocker for me was how shocked and surprised I was when I started seeing models that were like mannequins in Target that were not a size double mm -hmm. zero. Like all of a sudden, um, you know, for our entire lives, we have only seen mannequins that are the size that we were when we were 12 to 15, right? Like we, before we were full grown women, we've only seen mannequins in those super small sizes. So when I started to see mannequins in not just bigger sizes, cause that's on trend right now, like the plus size model, mm -hmm. but oh my goodness, a size eight mannequin, a women's size medium, which is what my normal body size is. We don't see that anywhere. <laughs> right, we don't right. see a normal average size of women. We see really small. And then the trend is, which I really support seeing a larger size women too. But what about us mediums, us dead averages? We're not represented anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because us dead mediums should be trying to be smaller. Yes. Be we're, the we're, small ones. Yeah. We're just outside of what's acceptable. Yeah. And, I, and yeah. I love that you said there's so much to unpack here. Um, and you said that there's a lot underneath that. Let me tell you what's underneath it for me and Alicia. I'd love to hear from you. What was underneath it for you? What's underneath it for me is just a value crutch. That's what I call it. It's like, I'm trying to say, okay, if I look amazing, I have more value. I have yeah. more value because the people around me, especially men for women, especially yeah. men, they will look at me and see me as desirable. And that's, that's heartbreaking for myself to think, oh, yeah. I am basing my value on if men are attracted to me or not. At 45, that right. is my reality. That's brutal. Alicia, tell it's me, painful. talk me off the ledge here because I'm yeah. about to jump. <laughs> it is painful. And it, it just goes to show you the, the supreme objectivity that we have been enmeshed with our whole lives, that mm. we are bodies first and women second. Yes. 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 And it's, it is so painful. And it was just, but I'm telling you, that's what's so crazy is that we were just raised that way and nobody... Mm -hmm. blinked about it, right? We all just accepted it that what mattered most was our appearance and how we were viewed by the outside world. Mm -hmm. And so we started becoming self-objectifying. And so we took that on, we took that objectification and we put it inside. And so we started seeing the world through how other people see us. Mm -hmm. 
And so it became, and it's just so incredibly da damaging and has so many horrible consequences. And yet, and so that's what started to affect, well, we got to manipulate our food in our body then so that we have more privilege in the world. There is body privilege in the world. And that needs to be said uh, very much so because of the society that we live in. And so that's how it was for me too. And you know, it's so funny you brought that up because so if I'm in high school and I'm in my twenties, well, then that's normal, right? Because I'm looking to find my soulmate and I'm looking to want to be attractive to the opposite sex so that I can, you know, attract more. I mean, it's not normal, but that's just how we're, how we think, but it doesn't really go away. You're 45. Is that you said 45? I'm 41. And that's still there in the back of my, my mind. Like I'm married. I'm happily married, yeah. but I, it's still important for me to look good to other people. Isn't that interesting? It's just, mm -hmm. so it doesn't, it's really, like I said, housed very deep in our psyche. But one thing that really was a huge aha moment for me um, in my, probably in my early thirties was looking at my mom mm -hmm. and her friends mm -hmm. who are in their sixties and they still cared so much. Like they were still on diets and they were still always talking about food and their bodies. And I remember thinking, oh my goodness, this doesn't go away unless I do something about it. You know, like this doesn't go away. I was, I looked at them and I said, I do not want to be 60 years old or on my deathbed or 80 and look back and think about how much time and energy I spent caring about what I looked like. Alicia, it's so funny you said that. I had the exact same experience with my grandma who was in her 90s, <laughs> in her 90s, adorable woman, and she was like, oh, I need to lose these 10 pounds. And I was like, oh my goodness, it does not go away. No. If I am still saddled with this at 90, we've got some problems. Right. So yeah. Right, right. Wow, I mean, powerful stuff. Okay, so what advice would you give um, to someone who is human like us and on the diet um, merry-go-round. Maybe they're wanting to go on a new diet. Maybe they are on a diet currently. Maybe they're about to go on a diet. Maybe they're waiting for the motivation. Remember those days? I'm yeah. waiting for the motivation to go on a diet. Yeah. <laughs> when it gets bad enough or when yeah. I'm yeah. 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 Uh, So what do you say to someone who is not quite as enlightened as me and you? <laughs> how do you, how do you get off the merry-go-round? Well, you know, it's interesting because I, I am a big believer in body autonomy. If you want to diet and that's something that you want to do, I'm not, I'm really not here to convince you to not do it. Uh, it it's not going to really work if you don't want to get off the merry-go-round. Um, you have to really, sometimes it takes rock bottom to get off and realize I can't do this anymore, which I think you and I have both kind of alluded to that rock bottom, but it's, you know, it's, it's a process. It's definitely a process. And so my advice really would be to look at your life and look at what you're doing and, and ask yourself, is this serving me? Is this mm -hmm. something that aligns with my values, my true values in life? Mm -hmm. Is this something I want to be spending so much time and money and energy on? And is this something that is contributing to my health or is it maybe harming my, my health if I'm being honest with myself? I love that. Absolutely love that. It's, it goes along with um, permission to grieve. You're also saying permission to continue dieting if that's what you want to do. Um, I love that. It's, it's saying women and men, just trust yourself. Listen to yourself. What do you want? What do you need? Alicia, so well said. Really, really beautiful. Um, we are going to wrap things up here. Um, 
Alicia has actually a really big give here. And Alicia, <laughs> I'm going to give you uh, permission right here to also, <laughs> if this if this gives you too much coming in, uh, you can always say no. So let's let's do this. The first X amount of people, Alicia gets to choose how many people that is. But the first X amount of people who DM her on Instagram, it's Alicia Hill. Um, if you DM or direct message her on Instagram, she can give you a free consultation for intuitive eating with mention of this podcast. Um, I can't promise you because this is going to be left up for years. I can't promise you this will always be available. But if you want to reach out and see if it's available, then I would highly recommend Alicia, you are a very talented counselor. Um, so Thank I hope you. you I hope you get all the all the business that you need and want um, uh, from that. So that was that really a really big give from you. you. Um, as we wrap things up, reminder that the goal of this podcast is to program your brain to start instilling systems and habits into your daily life and hopefully the habit of no longer obsessing about food and obsessing about weight and actually living our lives and asking us what ourselves, what do I think, what do I need, what do I want can be one of the habits that um, starts um, from this podcast. It's not about what you know, it's about what you do, starting one very small step at a time. We do have a giveaway from our sponsor, Card Salad, as well. If you're listening to this podcast on any of the audio platforms, you're going to need to go, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> I need some water. So if you're listening to this podcast on any audio platform, you're going to pop over to uh, habitsforhumans.com. And you can sign up there. You'll see a big um, uh, ad for it, a seven-day eat real foods challenge. And what this is, is it's meal planning done for you. So if you're like, yes, I want to get off the diet merry-go-round, uh, but I don't know how to eat right for myself. And it takes so friggin' long to meal plan every week. This is your solution. It's free meal planning for you for a week. Download all the recipes, download habit cards that will slowly instill habits into your life, and download... Um, um, the shopping list that's all done for you. So we'd love to give that to you. Just go to habitsforhumans.com and get that free eat real foods challenge from card salad. In our next episode of Habits for Humans, we are going to explore um, Carla and David Miney. Um, Carla became a nutritionist just for her husband's health. He was struggling with a lot of different ailments, and she decided, I'm going to take matters into my own hands. She became a nutritionist. She worked with a doctor, and together with the doctor and her knowledge of nutrition was able to knock out almost all of her husband's ailments. So um, learn about that uh, when you join us next time. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for uh, joining us, Alicia, as well. Thanks to our listeners. This is Habits for Humans, the podcast that teaches you how to program your brain to maximize your potential. Reminder that you can get a free taste of the Eat Well program. Just go to habitsforhumans.com and start your seven-day Eat Real Foods Challenge. Thank you in advance also for giving us a positive review and have a wonderful day. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>